This episode of The Citadel Cafe is brought to you by listeners like you. Visit patreon.com slash the Citadel Cafe to find out how you can become a patron and help make this show possible. This is the Citadel Cafe, episode number 399 for Wednesday, April 7th, 2021. My name is Joel Duggan and the Citadel Cafe is where my friends and I hang out to talk about the geeky stuff that we are into. Joining me this week is Stephen ESC and you can find him at that handle on all the social media that matters, including Twitch, Stephen ESC. Welcome back, sir. Hello. Hello, hello. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, man. And uh, you and I just had a blast talking about razors for, of all things, <laughs> on uh, a little bonus barista cut that we release to our patrons as often as we can record them. So uh, if you're interested in things like straight razors and safety razors and cartridge razors and what are we doing with our faces, then hey, uh, check it out <laughs> at patreon.com slash the Citadel Cafe. That audio is available to our patrons for their amazing support. And this is the first episode of April. Uh, nope, sorry, second episode of April. The first one I think was recorded on the first or the second with Megan. Uh, but, uh, I, I want to say thanks to all the patrons. Uh, we've had a number of people join in the last few weeks and, uh, it's, it means a lot to me that, that folks are liking the show enough to support it. And, uh, Hey, you get treats like bonus audio and access to the discord. And, uh, it helps me take this podcast that I started 10 years ago, almost. Uh, with a couple wow. of buddies, uh, on through to nearly now 400 episodes. And it's gone from a hobby to now uh, a, like a part-time side income, which is fantastic. So uh, if you find value in the show, if you like it, if you want to help us make more, uh, if you want more bonus content, then uh, check it out, patreon.com slash The Citadel Cafe. Uh, so what have you been up to the last little while, man? It's it's been It's been a minute. I've been busy. I'd like to say I've done all these fantastic things, but I've <laughs> spent a lot of time watching television in the last little while because i think you and i last spoke was about was it a wandavision wrap-up i think i think it was the wandavision finale no i did that with lou but it was a it was a wandavision like five six seven or something we did like a meaty right. wandavision talk right, i know right, that right, right yeah exactly yeah i think and we i had asked you if you had spoken about agent carter on the show before and and uh and you had but so Basically, mentally, I was just thinking, okay, before all of the Disney Marvel movies and shows start to come out on Disney Plus, I wanted to catch up on a lot of the the Marvel shows that had existed already. So I <laughs> I binged all seven seasons of Marvel's Agents of Shield over the past month and a half. And, oh uh, my goodness! Yeah, it's uh, it's an excellent show. Actually, I was just there were some points in the seasons where there was an episode that ended and I was exhausted and I just went, Nope, we're watching another one. And it was just, <laughs> <laughs> and my, my wife um, intentionally avoided the show because she didn't want to be drawn into another one. She wanted to spend her time being more constructive, but there, <laughs> there were a couple of times she walked by and went, wait, what's going on. And so I had to sort of pause it and go, this is where we are right now. And she's like, Oh crap. And then sits down and watches and, and then she's in for three episodes. It goes, okay, I got I got to walk away. It's too much, but it's a, it was, I was thoroughly impressed. It was uh, one of those shows that actually had a conclusion. So it wasn't one of these ones that went on and on and then they decided to cancel it and it just, 
disappeared. It was it was a full story beginning to end, and I I loved it. It was good. Nice. Uh, I really enjoyed Clark Gregg, as I think a lot of people do, as Philip yeah. Coulson. Uh, but uh, I mean Ming Na Wen. Uh, I I really enjoy her work as well. Uh, she's in obviously um, the uh, the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I. I didn't watch a lot of the show, so Daisy's arc when I was watching it was probably just getting going when I stopped. I stopped watching around the same time that The Winter Soldier came out. I think I stayed with the show okay. long enough to see that crossover or that nod. Uh, yeah. But I f- have followed uh, Chloe Bennett on Instagram for uh, as long as I've known she was on the show. Uh, I just find her hilarious. I think she's a very unique and and fun um just individual like she's just it's as an actor in what she puts on the internet like she's not afraid to just like put an embarrassing like a very embarrassing story on instagram she, she seems down yes. to earth now as down to earth as you know hollywood people could be but right um but there's just something appealing about i think her personality and and stuff i find her very um very endearing i guess is the best way to put it yeah and, and her character came across that way too. I, I had never actually seen her in anything before that, and she's she's an excellent actor. Like she, I, I enjoyed everyone on the show. Uh, I forget his name right now, Ian, something. But the guy who played Fitz was probably my favorite. That guy had some emotional scenes that I've I've not really seen performance wise from many people. Mm. But um, the Chloe Bennett, she she was solid on that, and she and her character learned to fight. Um, from May on there. So she was getting, you know, by season three, she was top-notch agent and acting-wise and physicality-wise in terms of fighting. She was pulling it all off. Like, there was nothing... There's no Buffy the Vampire Slayer not being able to punch correctly kind of thing. It was... Mm. She she was all in. I loved Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Don't get me wrong. So, like, don't send any hate mail or anything. Say, avoid. (laughs) Careful on the internet there, my friend. (laughs) Exactly. But there are a couple... Sometimes they show her training and she's not holding her fist straight. I'm like, yeah, those are broken thumbs right there. Mm. (laughs) But no, it it was good. It it was a solid show. The only thing that I didn't like about it, uh, and I I think, I don't know whether it was the actor, the character, or both, was um, Brett Dalton as Grant Ward. Just skin crawl. Just hated it. Didn't like it. Didn't like anything about it. Uh, that, But that was, I want to say early on, but he was in probably about half the series, I would say. I think he bowed out at the end of season three. I mean, do you do you care about spoilers? Are you going to go back and watch No, I'm I'm not. No, spoilers for me, it's like if I'm a season behind, I'll be careful. But like when it's seven seasons, no, I'm not. (laughs) Especially (laughs) when the MCU in general has moved so far past it. I'm not I'm not worried about it. Right. Um so did you see far enough to find out that he's Hydra? Oh yes. No, that was the that was the flip that drove me nuts. That's where I was just like, I roll. (laughs) Like, really did not like it. Oh, but he was actually, like, if you look up some trivia and stuff online, he was actually told he was a double agent with Hydra before the show started. So he he knew it wasn't just something that they just threw in there. It was mm. part of the show's plan from the very beginning. And then he ended up being, he he, um, he died in one episode. Phil Coulson actually killed him because he gets a, Phil Coulson gets a, a prosthetic robotic arm at one point. And he uses it and just he he crushes, um, wow, Ward's chest. He's because Ward just kept coming back and wreaking so much havoc on, on the Shield team that they, 
they all wanted to kill him and that just came down to a moment where it was it was actually a, a wow moment in the show as well because you, you, you almost can't believe that colson would do that yeah. because it wasn't just there it wasn't a, a gunfight and then it came down to them or me kind of thing and that shot goes off and and you got the winning shot it was he was injured and then just to really make sure he wasn't going to come back he just like leans on him and uses that arm to just crush his chest wow um and so but in that scene there was also yeah um so i guess you watched enough to find out about the inhumans and how uh, there's i think so so yeah you saw so it, it started to become monster of the week there was a guy there was a guy in the i just remember a guy in the back of a truck and i don't know whether he was electric or whether he had super strength or whatever he did but he kind of like he would something happened with energy and he blew open the back of the truck and he jumped out and i i just remember the at the time back in like their early teens the special effects were kind of crappy and the acting from all the guest stars was terrible I mean, the mm. core the core group was fine, but like whoever the bad guy was for that particular episode was like, oh gosh, where did they find this person? <laughs> like it was it was often it reminded me of Smallville. It got a little bit formulaic, but I have this I have that complaint about a lot of network television. It's not it's not specifically Agents of Shield, and I understand that I'm oversensitive to it, but like I get into the same conversation with like Arrow or Supergirl or Flash or whatever, right. and I I just it just starts to get formulaic for me, but. Sometimes with shows like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they might get like that in their second or third season. But if you stick through them, then they become better as they have like a longer arc. Yeah. And that's what I, for me, that's what I found. And so I just, I actually liked the first season of this. I'm not sure if you ever watched Alias back in the day with Jennifer Garner. Uh, I knew of it. I don't think I've ever really watched it. I I felt like season one of, of, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was similar to the season one of Alias because there were spies, agents, double crossing. You weren't sure who was telling the truth, who you could trust. And it was it was when, um, you know, it was it was being revealed that um, Hydra had infiltrated S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. The same the same time it was going on with Winter Soldier, the movie, it was happening in the show. And so it the, the show dealt with it a lot more uh it, in, in a lot more ways because it was episodic. Whereas the movie was, you know, two and a half hours standalone story all had to be told there where this was 22 episodes per season, which still blows my mind that that was a thing that we used to do all the time. <laughs> right. um, so there was a lot of stuff that they could tell. And then actually they went into detail about how like the downfall of Hydra as well and how they did it over the years. So it was pretty cool. Either way, it's not the main thing we came to talk about today, but I just... I guess being the focus of my last month and a half. <laughs> well, no, I mean, it's good because, I mean, it ties in. I mean, like, uh, spo- spoiler, surprise, if you haven't guessed from the giant art that I'm going to put on the title card. But we're going to be talking about Falcon and the Winter Soldier because um, it's new and it's awesome and we want to talk yeah. about it. But, but I mean, like, I- I've had Marvel on the brain, too. Like, I've, I've been thinking about um, going back and watching uh, some of the older films. I know I saw memes online of people going back and watching age of Ultron to kind of get a bead on uh, Wanda Maximoff and, and her brother right. and, and see those details because they were thinking about like before white vision showed up in one in WandaVision, people were wondering if uh, I can't remember the guys, the bad guy's name in that, but um, pricky McPrick face there in the, um, the sword <laughs> leader dude. Um, people thought he was trying to bring back Ultron. 
and uh, like as a theory until they realized it was good, that it was white vision. Um, so I, you know, I haven't gone back to watch them, um, but I know that there's a lot of callback and with Falcon and the winter soldier being so tied to Hydra and spies and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I can, I can see how that would actually be, I'm curious, actually, once we get into this main discussion, how you're going to land on Falcon and the Winter Soldier and some of the details because of having so recently watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. from start to finish. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing, I was sort of disappointed. I, I I loved S.H.I.E.L.D. beginning to, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. beginning to end, but then I did a bit of research on, online to find out where it fit in the bigger picture because I, I liked Phil Coulson a lot. I think he's a great character. Um, and I was wondering if there was going to be a way for him to come back into the MCU. Um, but um, they basically stated that um, while the show paralleled the movies through, I believe they said to the end of phase two, when phase three happened with Thanos and the blip and all that, it just didn't. So it's been deemed not canon and just so it's its own show. So there was a lot of... Uh overlap up to a certain point and then it just didn't which is disappointing i still liked it because as a show it still concluded in a very very satisfying way to the viewer like it they didn't leave anything hanging it was uh, a very appropriate nice bow wrapped on the entire thing so well that's too bad because i i like what they explore uh and we'll get to this in a second but i like what they explore with with that in winter soldier uh and the Mm -hmm. falcon and the winter soldier it's such a long name for tv show i really i'm not looking forward to saying it over (laughs) and over again Um, (laughs) in the latest from disney uh, and marvel like they they deal with the the snap and the post snap and the and the political and social and all those kind of different situations but um what did you think because you mentioned agent carter i think too didn't you um i did actually yeah yeah. i I watched uh it was only two seasons which Um, is too bad because that was a good show yeah it was good but they actually brought and so if anyone has not seen agent carter yet and or agents of shield and you think about watching both of them i would do yourself a favor and watch agents of or agent carter first because they actually reference things that directly happen in um agent carter later in agents of shield and there is a character a character who comes from agent carter who comes back in season seven of agents of shield so it's i I really enjoyed how they did a tie-in back and forth between those two shows but the or or definitely watch season one of agent carter then season one of agents of shield because i believe they're both in the same year but um agent carter was in january and then agents of shield was in september I, i believe that's correct i looked it up in imdb and i could be a little off right now but it was definitely things happened first in Carter second in shield. Nice. Yeah. I, um, I have had and will continue to have the biggest crush on Haley Atwell. And she, like she (laughs) kicks ass in agent Carter. Like it's, she's not just a pretty face. Like she's spunky and capable and confident and will shoot you first and ask questions later. Like I, I love what they did with the character. I mean, they have that in, in captain America first adventure. Like she is, she pulls no punches there either. Uh, she's a great, great, um, female lead in the MCU. Um, but in agent Carter, you really get to see both sides. I remember seeing, and it's been a a few years. We did cover it on the show, uh, a long, long time ago, but I just remember seeing both sides of like how, 
badly she missed you know steve rogers and right and and all that kind of stuff but then also how capable she was and how you know emotionally she was moving forward but then also had to focus on work and like i just i really really enjoyed the show and the dynamic between peggy carter and edwin jarvis was just priceless like it was the it was the best kind of like not buddy cop but like buddy spy kind of kind of movie because what's nice about them is that i i didn't get any like physical vibes from them like i'm glad that they weren't into one another they were friends agreed and they wanted to look out for one another and they cared for one another but there was no romance there for good reason right um because they didn't want to undermine anything that was going to happen in the mcu later on with you know endgame and all that kind of stuff Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I, re- I really enjoyed it. And I mean, I'm a sucker for a period piece too. Like the, the visual, the art direction in that show was just spectacular. Yeah. Agreed. And, um, it's, it's, it's too bad, as you said, that it ended after two seasons because, um, that sort of buddy, buddy relationship between Carter and Jarvis was really starting to peak at the end because, um, things were happening in Jarvis's life that were pushing him to become more involved like he he wanted to become more involved in, I guess. Peggy's professional, the excitement of Peggy's professional life, like just so cool. I get to do spy stuff, but then, um, his wife gets shot, and then everything changes. And now it's not just like an exciting, it's not just the adventure or the excitement of the adventure. Now it is he's, he's involved. He's in there, and so, I feel like if they had had a season three, it could have really gotten into a. Uh, some meteor stuff with Jarvis's character. Yeah, both. I mean, it sounds like both of them are worth worth checking out. I mean, Agents of Shield. I've uh, um, sorry, um, Agent Carter. I've seen before, but uh, Agents of Shield is definitely uh, sounds like it's good too. Uh, I. It's funny. Like I. I don't remember, but refresh my memory. How does Coulson lose his arm? Um, so there's this thing called um, teragenesis, where which is a, a process. Um, I guess, first of all, there are things that are called inhumans, which um, they're not really mutants. There's there's no, um, they don't go through a mutation. It's the Kree, um, which are from Captain Marvel, if you haven't seen the movie. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and in Guardians of the Galaxy, actually. They actually came to Earth over a thousand years ago, or it might be thousands of years ago, and started experimenting with humans and, and sort of interwove the Kree DNA into humans with the intent of coming back after years of evolution to then use them as soldiers um and so one of the ways they would actually then trigger um, the kree dna which would then give these humans or actually inhumans their specific power was through these um terrigen crystals i think they were called because the process was called terrigenesis and then this this gas would kind of explode and sort of uh, through the room Anyone who is an inhuman would be automatically encased in this sort of black charcoal looking crust that would then crack apart and they would have their power. It's, it's almost like they're, you know, a butterfly in a chrysalis or a... Mm-hmm. Right. And then, um, but if you're a human and this stuff hits you, it basically creeps up your arm and just decays everything. And so it, it's, it still looks the same as that black shell that goes around an inhuman, but for an for a human, it actually just starts to deteriorate your body and turns you to crusty ash. And so that happened to Coulson, and there's a character on there, and his name is Mac. He had an axe at the time, and 
and you, you see the stuff creeping up <laughs> Coulson's arm you're like oh my goodness how are they going to get out of this and then suddenly this axe slams through his arm on the ground right before the commercial break cut and it's just enough to make you go oh my god that <laughs> was so unexpected right have you seen game of and thrones only episode one and oh, okay um, well, i won't spoil there was a, a beheading in that one yeah there's <laughs> other there's, go back there's other it. moments like that 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 happen at the end of episodes in game of thrones they were kind of infamous for it like they were the big reveal would be just like boom and then credits would roll yeah. and you just you'd be screaming at your tv like <laughs> no because you had to wait another week to figure out what's right. going on right like oh god yeah so how quickly did you watch the next episode after that happened watching agents of shield on demand Oh, immediately. That was one, that was one of those episodes. I'm like, nope, not. We're losing sleep tonight, folks. Let's keep this going. And you, and you know, with 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 uh, binge watching, there's a certain point where you're you're watching and the show's so good. There's after bedtime. There's a certain point where it takes more energy to get up and peel yourself off the couch than it does to just keep your eyes open for another hour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was so easy to just roll over into the next episode but it was so good i i yeah i don't know if netflix still does it but every once in a while netflix would be just like are you still watching after you watch <laughs> like three or four episodes in a row and i always found it condescending like yes i'm still watching you you know exactly that i'm you, still watching this you engineered this app to keep me still watching so mess off <laughs> Jeez. judgmental algorithm yeah i saw yeah. i saw someone a long time ago i don't remember who it was on my instagram feed was basically ranting at netflix for the exact same thing because it was during the pandemic it's like there's nothing else to do so yes <laughs> yes i'm it was like march of last year right but like everybody's in lockdown uh but yeah like it, it's i it's it, it is very easy um to continue to watch the problem that i have had lately is i cannot decide what to watch slash can't mm. find much to watch i mentioned last week that i watched uh, dota um dragon's blood on netflix and that was one of the few series of anything let alone surprisingly anime that i've watched and or liked in the last like in mm. several months um i've watched and rewatched movies on netflix that i've seen before you know i've gone back and i was like oh hey i'm in ne- i'm in the netflix app i know they're all on disney plus but like iron man 3 i haven't seen that in a while i'll watch that you know like stuff like that but I've not really nice. found any kind of new series. I've tried to watch a bunch of things that everybody loved and I hated them. And I just, I just <laughs> can't, I'm so picky these days. It's a little bit frustrating. And um, I will often end up going to YouTube um, and watching some stuff on YouTube or, or watching Twitch sometimes with rather than um, Netflix. Cause I feel like part of the problem with Netflix is making the choice, especially when you're mm-hmm. unfamiliar with like, 12 of your 15 options that you have time or in the mood for, if you don't know what any of them are, you know, it's like, well, I've not heard anything about this. Like, do I really want to sit down? And it's so dumb because it costs me nothing slash, I mean, I've already paid for it for the month. So sitting right. down and trying something for five minutes doesn't cost me anything if I don't like it. But I'm just one of those weird completionist people that once I start a film or start a show, I feel not necessarily guilty, but I feel bad or I feel bummed that I don't like it. You know, especially if yeah. other people do like it. And it was like, ugh, I wish I liked this, but I don't. You know, like I tried to watch um, Blood of Zeus. It's terrible. The, Blood the, of Zeus. Oh, the, anim- the animation is wooden. The acting is awful. The the des- the character designs and stuff are all the, it's like, it's it's not an appealing show at all. It, it's it, Everything about it is just stiff. 
and and it's i mean it gets attention because it deals with adult themes and gods and goddesses and sex and violence and blood and gore but it's mm. like i just i don't care if you, you have to deliver something more than than that in in a show and um it it's getting a lot of attention i see a lot of people talking about it online but it's like no it's not it's not very good at all but but speaking of stuff that is good that i am enjoying and i know you are as well um let's talk about the falcon and the winter soldier uh obviously spoilers if you haven't seen the first three episodes then one where have you been and two <laughs> um tune out now and come back later uh after you've seen them because there's really no way to talk about this show without spoiling things there's no giant plot reveals in the first three episodes no. but there's just so many great character moments that i would hate to ruin for people because um Sam Wilson and Bucky Barnes are delightful Marvel characters. And when they get in the same room, they love hate one another in such an intense charismatic manner. It's just, it's really, really fun to watch. Um, and, and I know that um, Sebastian, uh, is it Sebastian Stan? That's how you pronounce his name, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, uh, Anthony Mackie are obviously friends in, in real life. And you can tell, look, I, I just, I feel like they, they really have a good handle on um, on keeping the show fun in the Marvel way without becoming anything else. I was worried from the trailers when I first saw the trailers for this that it would be a little bit too lethal weapon. Like they would mm. try to regurgitate those movies from the 80s and the 90s. And I'm happy to say that they glance them, but they do their own thing. It's very, It's very much its own thing. They're not, they're, they're comparable only in, I, I guess the fact that they're both like, they're, they're not even law abiding people. It's just, they, they're the good guys and they don't like one another necessarily at first. Like that's the only similarity really, um, because it's so much better and so much deeper than that. They have, it's not all one liners. Like it's not all quips and stuff, which is, I, I find refreshing. I did find there was a lot more bickering between the two of them than i would have liked in which episode because there's i find it's 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 in it's better and worse depending on which episode you're watching i had i had a, the show playing in the background while i was sort of what uh writing down notes for today and i think it was episode two where they actually meet up yeah if it's episode one it's very close to the end yeah i think it was episode two and they just seem to start like like start poke poke poking at each other right right away oh yeah because it was they meet up in episode two bucky confronts sam about the shield at the beginning of episode two because episode one and it ended with the uh the new captain america <laughs> oh yeah Spo super spoiler for anyone who hasn't seen it yet but mm -hmm. um so then episode two starts with bucky going to find him and confronting him and saying why did you you know that's not what steve would have wanted and he's, and then um then they start just going at each other like like bickering back and forth i i know that anthony mackie and uh, sebastian stan get along in real life but i've also seen interviews um where i, I forget the actor's name who played mbaku in um black panther but i've seen interviews where it's anthony mackie the actor plays mbaku i should look that up and uh sebastian stan and anthony mackie does not let them get a single word in and it's just like he's going 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 and it it annoyed me to no end so i felt like when they were bickering and he's like going oh i can see the gears turning now does it ever get resting and stuff like that it felt like those interviews and which i did not enjoy so mm. 
Yeah, there, I've seen interviews with Anthony Mackie as well, and and I one thing that I I did think was really interesting is that he was on the Tonight Show and I think maybe Conan O'Brien, but people the these talk show hosts, despite the fact that they know that these actors can't spoil anything, they still poke them. Like they still mm-hmm. try to get them to spoil something, which would be bad for everyone. Like no one's going to like, you know, Jimmy Fallon, if he spoils a Marvel movie, no one's going to enjoy having it spoiled by an actor, even by accident, you know? So it's, it, I don't know why they still do it. But one thing I did like about um, Mackie and some of the interviews, cause I agree with you, he was going on, but the, the problem, the, the, the thing about that is that usually he's talking over the dumb ass questions that the host is going to ask. Uh, Fair enough, and and, and so beca- he keeps vamping. He uses up the seven and a half minutes before the next commercial break, and then they can't ask the dumb questions, <laughs> you know. Uh, so I mean, and but I, I I know what you mean though. It, he can be. I've seen other clips where he's at like a comic con or something like that, and and he just kind of does go on and on and on and on. Um, but I, I, at the same time, I kind of wonder how many times these folks get the same questions at every comic con they go to. I've seen another. Uh, one where Sebastian Stan, um, he has a wheel, kind of like the um, the wheel on The Price is Right, but oh, sideways. Yeah. <laughs> and whenever someone comes up to the mic and recites the words that are supposed to control Bucky Barnes, uh, either in <laughs> Russian or or in, in, in English, and he just walks over to the wheel and spins it. And it's just like, do I throw a t-shirt? Do I drink a beer? Like what? Because it's it's basically nice. like this Russian roulette of like, how often is this stupid catchphrase going to like haunt me for the rest of my diet? So I, I can understand how they might get like that. But um, yeah, I didn't enjoy episode two nearly as much as the other two. Although three had some low parts for me too. But the, mm. the second episode, the stuff that kind of pulled me out of it was the forced psychological interview that the psychiatrist for Bucky Barnes forces um, both of them to partake in because oh, yes. Sam Wilson is not, he's not under her. He's not, par- he's an Avenger. He doesn't report to her. So he's there because the nasty lady said, come here. Like, I don't understand that. I mean, really, if you get down to the brass tacks of it, Sam Wilson, be just like, nah, see you later. Like, I'm not doing this. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm guessing under the thin thin veil of I'm gonna go in there and I'm gonna tease Bucky until he you know punches me or something, uh, which I don't know why you'd want that. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, right. So like I I don't understand the whole idea behind it. It was awkward. It was forced comedy. It wasn't funny. Um, I much enjoy the other stuff that you see the one liners, the little jabs like um, Bucky sits in the front seat of a car in episode three before they drive away. <laughs> and Sam's like, you're not going to pull your seat up, are you? Nope. No, I'm not. No. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, like that Did you catch that as a direct, a direct oh, yeah. nod to... It's uh, a direct yeah. nod to uh, Civil War? I think it's Civil, Civil War. War. Says, yeah. yeah, it is Civil War. Um, and before I forget, it was Winston Duke who played M'Baku in um, The Black Panther. Like, I, I really enjoyed him as that character, so I definitely wanted to, to get his name right. I like those those callbacks and those um, almost like famous jokes. Like it's the kind of thing like yeah. you don't want to wear out. You know, it's like the line. It's like on your left or uh, Marvin Gaye. Like there's these things that kind of go through there, and if you use them too often, they lose their charm. But 
you know, like this one time this season they did the, you know, are you going to pull your seat up joke? Like, that's good. Don't do it again. Like, but yeah. it, it was funny the one time that they did it. And I much prefer that kind of sense of humor. But um, to get to get back on the positive track, I mean, like, exactly. Very often on this show, uh, I will say, oh, it's a good show, but you got to watch like the first three or four episodes because like that's how Netflix and a lot of these streaming services roll. They try to get you to watch four or five before it actually gets good. Uh, not the case. More like three <laughs> minutes with uh, Winter Soldier. Like it, it, it's it, Falcon jumps out of a plane in the first couple of minutes and it is action packed. It's awesome. It's he's he's not necessarily showing off he's just showing off skills like he's not being showboaty it's it's just really really cool stuff and and great to see um the character the actor and like it just everybody just putting the show kicking it off in such a great great way um i just it kind of tells you what you're in for and regardless yeah. of how i feel about the schmucky comedy in season in episode two or some of the fall flat characters in, in, in episode three, there is always some amazing fight or action scene or sequence, car chase, uh, dumpster fight, like whatever it is, there's something that has you kind of on the edge of your seat. I was definitely like clenching fists a couple times watching this going like, Oh geez, how did, what, what just happened? Yeah. Like it's, it's very, very, very cool. Yeah. I was, uh, I was in, in love with that opening sequence. It was, uh, I think I went, when I was went back to watch it, it was about seven minutes straight action sequence with the Falcon having to re- rescue a hostage from a, a, a plane and then a helicopter. And then people had those gliding suits. So it was, it was all done, you know, whether it was CGI or not, it was made to look like it was all done in the air, high speed, high stakes, very dangerous. It was, it was a very cool opening scene. And it brought back, um, George St. Pierre as George Petruc, I think. Yep. George Petruc. Yep. Yeah. And so uh, it was cool. To, it was kind of nice to see him come back. So there's you know, another familiar face. And it was just, it was so well done. And the way that that sort of action sequence ended, it was tight as well. So it was super good. Uh, I'm also happy to see Emily Van Camp come back as uh, yes. Sharon Carter oh, and complicated like this. This is the 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 th- part of the show that I'm really enjoying uh, outside of the main hero stuff, which is great. But they've got a lot of these characters that are dealing with, uh, as I mentioned earlier, this episode, uh, the social situations, political and personal struggles of either post snap being snapped having been on mm. the planet five years without loved ones and family and jobs and all this kind of stuff. And then everything kind of goes back to normal after the Avengers win in Endgame. But then there's all this fallout that this, the Endgame just does not address, right? Cause it can't. Um, and Sharon Carter is on the run because she stole Cap's shield and helped Captain America during civil war. So she's not mm. in America. She's in, I don't remember what, um, South Asian, a South Asian country she's in, but, um, basically big big like kind of like uh it's a country that doesn't have extradition and she's basically involved in all kinds of like shady art deals and all this kind of stuff um seems to be doing okay for herself she's oh my goodness she's dangerous a player but she's yeah. a player for sure uh and you can yeah. feel the change in her like you gotta remember that it's been five years it's it's been um there's a lot of stuff that's been going on her troubles started before the snap you know, like civil war mm-hmm. happened long before that. And so she is not necessarily the do right at all costs 
Sharon Carter anymore. Um, and this is um, Peggy Carter's niece, right? Um, so yeah, it, it's it was interesting to see her come back. It's uh, it's disappointing to see Zemo. I I I thought it was going to be a them go to the jail and interview him and get some sort of like bit of information from him as a fun little cameo mm. nod. I did not expect Bucky to break him out of prison and then have the entire episode be them being flown or driven or guided around by Zemo in the criminal underworld. Um, it falls flat for me. Uh, the action sequences and Sharon Carter got me through that episode. Zemo, don't care. Really not yeah. my favorite. The purple mask, dumb. It looks awful. It looks... I, the Scarecrow mask and Batman look better. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it is dumb. And I don't, I don't know even, why. I don't even get it. Like for for me, who's somebody who doesn't watch the co- like, I think you were saying before the show that it's how did you put it? Oh, it's part you of know, this. A, nod, a, a nod to the comic book, but like they don't say anything about it. It's just this guy puts this mask on, and it's not even for a very long time. And it's just no, it's, right. yeah. Like I mean, unless you know that the that Zemo, um, it's a Baron. What's his last name? Baron, Baron Zemo, I guess. Anyway, in the comics, he wears a purple and gold outfit because in the 80s, everybody had spandex. Like, that's just how it rolled. Didn't matter whether you were a Baron or whether you were, you know, uh, another type of villain. You always had some sort of funky, weird outfit. And I don't, I don't necessarily mind it when they bring hero costumes to the big screen or the small screen and do it right you know like a really good Mm -hmm. example is actually the the tactical captain america costume right i really don't like the stars and spangled star stripes and spangled banner in avengers it's a terrible costume it looks the first one awful yeah avengers the first the first not the first avenger but the the avengers movie with all of them with uh, in the spandex that's brightly colored it looks ridiculous the tactical outfit that he wears in winter soldier and civil war is way cooler mm-hmm. has the same vibe it's still patriotic it has all the notes that captain america needs but it's practical and it looks exactly. cool and it makes sense in a modern 2021 you know 2018 whenever they're making those movies like it just, it just it, it looks so much better um same thing like falcon like the guy's wearing metal wings and flies around i mean like it's sci-fi but his outfit it looks practical it looks like a flight suit <laughs> It still has red and white and, and silver and stuff in it. Like he still has bright colors. He's the hero. But you don't go, wow, that is a gaudy costume. You go, wow, that looks really cool. Uh, he even, um, if you look closely, actually, uh, the way that his shoulder pads are and his chest plates and stuff, uh, it's very similar to a recent Nightwing design from DC in terms of how the shoulders point like it the falcon's oh. wings look like the come to a point on his deltoid like it's it's really it's really really cool design um but that is not the case with zemo zemo walks around in it with a, a weird frilly collar because apparently he's rich and only because the script says so because he needs the money to fly bucky and wilson around um and it like it just he gets broken to the jail and no one's looking for them until the very last minute uh and even then it's not the authorities it's wakanda like i just it really didn't make any sense and the costume thing i thought for just a brief minute when zemo is in his garage and they're getting a bunch of stuff 
and he sees the purple mask on the car seat and he puts it in the bag. I thought, okay, that's funny. Like, that's cute. They, he wore a purple mask in the comics. They, they show him putting it in the, in the bag. Cool. I didn't think he was actually going to put it on for no reason. Yeah. Like no, no reason. It's like, I'm going to hide my identity from all these people that I'm about to blow into smithereens. No one's alive to know who you are anyway. Like, I don't understand. I don't and he had it. it on for about, I don't need 30 seconds to a minute in the yeah. entire show. So like, that's, that's all we've seen of it with no reason given to why yeah. it exists. It's... And it's not like he changed his outfit. Like he, who's he hiding his identify uh, his identity from Sam and Bucky. He's in the same stupid <laughs> coat. <laughs> like it's yeah. just dumb. Yeah. Don't, yeah. Not, not my favorite part of that particular episode. Um, but like I said, uh, the action Sharon Carter kicks ass in that episode. Mm-hmm. Like she is all kinds of badass, and it's it's fantastic to see uh, a nice balance. I think between the the two guys, you know, uh, kicking butt, and really she has to save them, uh, and, and it's it's really really cool. The um, the other stuff that I thought was um, a bit on the the shaky side. And I want your opinion on this because I've been talking a lot. Uh, the new Captain America, who you mentioned, how do you feel? Yes. How do you feel about about Walker? Um, I okay. When I first saw him, when okay, when the world first saw him, um, it was at the very end of episode one, um, and so Sam had returned Captain America's shield. He did not feel like he was worthy enough to take up the mantle of Captain America, and so then the government decided to give it to someone else. And you don't hear anything about it until the last two minutes, where they announce on TV introduce the new captain america and this guy comes down in captain america's suit looks right into the camera and winks and says like oh geez you could not, and i think they did it on purpose like you could not have intro to this guy in a way that would make you hate him more than this shows up it's got the gear on the shield and just gives this wink right into the camera um but i actually felt like it's interesting he's never going to be steve rogers but he knows he's never going to be Steve Rogers, but he is a bona fide war hero. Like, like they were going through all of his, his, uh, you mm-hmm. know, qualifications. He is physically, mentally went through all these tests. Like he was chosen to be the new Captain America for a reason. He's not superhero Captain America. He's like, he's like a super non, or he's a non-super actual legit hero. Like it even got to a point where Bucky go like challenges him. Like, have you ever thrown yourself on a grenade? He's like, yeah, four times. He's like, I did this thing with my reinforced helmet. You know, it's not important. Like, so like basically everyone and including myself at at the beginning is like trying to tear this guy down. Like you can't, you're not Captain America. You can't be, but he actually seems like a decent guy who just wants to do the best that he can. It's like, it's like if somebody came up to you and said, uh, Joel, we've, uh, you know, people around the world have discussed it and you were going to be the next Captain America. (laughs) <laughs> no i'm good thanks i'm just gonna <laughs> pass on that one like no you don't have a choice you're the next captain america and suddenly like oh my gosh i'm standing in you know the shoes you have to fill are you know, how do you even compare like there's, he knows he can't so I've, I've sort of given myself i hated him at the beginning but i've allowed myself to just go okay this guy knows he's not the steve rogers captain america he's got to be his own version of it and so it's interesting how he's trying to be the good guy, trying to do the right thing. But you've got the two main characters, um, you know, Bucky and Sam, who are trying to do the right thing as well. And it's always that thing like, 
well, you know, I'm doing this, but if you get in my way, like, don't get in my way. And then the other two are like, well, I'm doing this, so don't get in my way. So since the two main characters are the Falcon and Winter Soldier, it feels like it's in a way, even though Captain America and Battlestar, I think his character's name is, are trying to do the right thing. They're never going to be seen as the good guys or allowed to shine because even though everyone's trying to do the right thing, they're getting in the main character's ways. You know what I mean? So I, I did not like him at first, but I'm really curious to see how his character plays out because I think if it weren't for the fact that Sam was supposed to have the shield, he has promise as a as a character. I think if he wasn't introduced as the new Captain America, people would love him because he's he's tough. He's smart. He's trying to do the right thing. But again, not Steve Rogers. <laughs> I think the layers of the onion are going to get peeled back in the next couple episodes. And I think a lot of people are going to change their tune because uh, I, but, but I think they're going to tune into what I'm picking up and that I don't like him. And it's, it's not just the, the doofy way that he was introduced with the wink. It's not that he looks like a moron with the helmet on. Like they, I mean, for, forget that he's not Steve Rogers, forget that it's a captain America that fandom doesn't want. I don't know whose decision it was to put him in the helmet and have him have no chin and have his ears stick out like Dumbo. Like it is a bad <laughs> choice aesthetically, regardless of whether he's a hero or a villain. Like it's just, yeah. he looks awful. I feel bad for the guy. Yeah, um, me too. Cause he doesn't look bad with a helmet off. No. It's just whatever it's, it's, I, I feel like it has to be on purpose. Cause no one could look at that and go like, yeah, that looks like Captain America. No, it doesn't. For starters, I'm pretty sure Steve Rogers' ears are inside the helmet. <laughs> like, I think they're covered. Like, that was a choice. Anyway, uh, what I get from John Walker is he's the physical Captain America first, and he has none of the heart. Whereas Steve Rogers was an 80-pound weakling and had more heart than anybody else that they could find. And they gave him the physicality. Uh, and then mm. he trained in, like, obviously he trained to be a soldier, but physically he had those abilities uh, given to him with the super soldier serum. Um, with this guy, I think you're, he, one, he's like, he's an, ex, he's an extended hand of the government. So it has all of those problems built into it already. Um, but I think in episode three, when he loses his patience with the German guy that was um housing the 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 terrorists um i i feel like you got a glimpse of the lines mm. that he's going to cross and i think that eventually in their search for this super soldier serum that john walker is going to be looking for it not to capture it and get it into the right hands but to take it for himself uh, and so I think you're going to end up with a super soldier, John Walker villain. I don't know who he becomes. I don't know the comic lore. Um, and I'm purposely not looking it up because if it, mm -hmm. if it does go that way, I don't want to spoil myself. Um, but yeah, like I, I, there's just something about him that rubs me the wrong way. And yes, I am a Captain America fanboy. Like, I mean, I am one of those people that oh, is also, too. that is also saying like when he started beating people up, on the top of those 18 wheelers and they started to play music that was real close to the Captain America <laughs> score. I was like, no, you don't No, you don't get one of my favorite pieces of music in the MCU because you are not Steve Rogers. Don't do it. 
don't do it, Marvel. Don't give it to him because <laughs> I'll be mad. And it's dumb. Like it's, it's you get so defensive. You can feel you can feel it. Like I, I'm very rarely am I a fanboy, but I'm I was a I'm a fanboy of of Steve Rogers, Chris Evans, and Captain America. Like I just I really enjoy Likewise. what he did and Marvel has done with that character full arc. Like if I'm gonna go back and watch a bunch of Marvel movies, I typically watch the Captain America arc. Sure, mm. there's an Avengers film in there once or twice. Like I'll get a couple of other things in there that I like, but a lot of the time my core line is with Captain America. I don't necessarily go back and watch Thor and all the Iron Mans and stuff like that. I'm I'm more on a Steve Rogers camp than anybody else. Um, but yeah, like it's it's interesting to see and interesting to hear your point to the fact that both parties, both uh, John Walker and what did you say the other guy's superhero name was? His call Battlestar. Battlestar. Um, they're both trying to do the same thing. They're both trying to get this serum out of the hands of um, the, the the terrorist group. Um, red hand blood hand what are they called can't remember um not important um carly uh <laughs> morgenthau is the is the character they're trying to track down because she's the one that stole it and right. um i've got i've got thoughts about that too um but something else that i i noticed uh uh about it and this is i shouldn't say i noticed something that was put in front of me because i've been watching some tiktoks and as i've been seeing more feedback from marvel I've been getting lots of really cool insight from the Easter eggs and stuff that people have been seeing about like photos in the wall in like the museum in the first episode. And like, there's all kinds of really, oh. really, Oh, so, okay. I don't remember the person that did this on TikTok because it scrolled by in a, in a minute and I didn't like follow them or anything, but there's a photo of Steve Rogers holding a door as a shield in the museum. And you're like, I remember that scene in the film. Yeah. But that's a scene from the film. We're in a, sh- like, this is the world that we're watching. Where did that picture come from? Well, this guy went back and watched that scene. And if you slow it down, there's a photographer <laughs> in one frame <laughs> that's taken that photo. Like, it is nice. ridiculous the fact that it's there. Now, it affects nothing. It doesn't affect the plot. It's just nice for these uber nerds and all the power to you, by the way. Find more of this stuff because I think it's really, yes. really fascinating. It's very, very cool. Um, but like, I love that kind of stuff when it's just, it doesn't affect plot. It's not a spoiler. It's just like, we thought about this. Why not? Like, let's just see if we can actually pull this off, you know, see who notices this stuff. Right. And I thought that was really cool. And somebody else was trying to defend his theory again, that he doesn't like John Walker and that John Walker is no Steve Rogers, despite his qualifications. And he said like you gotta remember marvel and and these shows like they don't leave a stone unturned when it comes to developing a character and he's like watch this and watch how he fights and he says like look john walker he's using the shield yeah yeah every time john walker throws that shield it's a straight line he is a blunt instrument and he is just throwing that shield in like it's always just straightforward smack pick it up smack him again And he said, now contrast this with Steve Rogers. And they showed a scene from, I think it's the opening scene from Civil War when Steve Rogers is taking on something like six guys at once. And he's playing like pinball. Like he never throws the shield in a straight line once. He's always banking it off something, flipping over it. They they show this part from Civil War when he takes down the Harrier jet with it. And like all of it is, is like just speaks to the, 
extended ability, the um, ingenuity of using that shield and using it to disarm or dismantle or do whatever uh, compared to Walker just using it like a blunt instrument. And he's not saying it's bad. He's just saying it's a really interesting window into that character as hmm. to Steve Rogers is a problem solver, whereas John Walker is a hammer. And I was like, it's a really interesting take. And I would have never picked up on it had I not watched this guy explain it on TikTok. And I was just like, okay, all right, I'm on board. And this is why I've spent far too much time on TikTok in the last couple of weeks with, <laughs> with Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Like once I've seen it, it's okay to go on the app, right? And then you're yeah. just like Friday night, you're like, oh, I spent a little bit too much, too much time on this, but I learned an awful lot. Um, so it's where I got reminded about Zemo and his, and his purple mask too. Cause no one likes that. No, no I haven't seen anybody. <laughs> I haven't seen anybody that says like, yeah, that was a good idea. Good choice. Like no one cares. Um, but I mean, I'm excited. I don't know where it's going to go. And I think that's probably one of the things that I like so much about this show. It is unpredictable. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I'm hoping that Chad, one of my best friends is not correct. And that he is now breaking, bracing himself for the slowdown and the character development. Uh, because he says so many of these streaming shows, including WandaVision, they get off to a fun start. And then in episodes like four, five, six, it's just like this snail's pace, talking head character development. And I would argue that I need some for Sam. Uh, mm. I, I really enjoy what they've done so far with Bucky Barnes. But I think a good deal of that is because in order to, to communicate Bucky's story, they have to tell it slowly because he says so little. Yeah. And I like that pace. They're not smacking over the head with exposition, but because of, of the way that they have to do it, they have to show you a lot emotionally without Bucky saying much. Right. There was a really good line, I believe in episode two, when Bucky is going to town on Sam about giving up the shield. And he says, you know, if you gave up the shield, that means Steve was wrong about you. And if he was wrong about you, that means he could have been wrong about me. And you just right. get this huge window into what Bucky is thinking and feeling as he was, you know, pardoned and all this kind of stuff. But he has to maintain certain rules and, and court mandated psychiatric evaluation and stuff. Um, that was the, that was the one good thing that came out of that. Yes. That psych, the forced psych evaluation conversation. Like I think, I think that's why they had it because then it just forced the two of them to reach that boiling point where, where Bucky finally admitted the thing that's been bothering him the entire time about mm -hmm. giving the shield back. But I think they could, I think they could have written that into a fight between the two of them without having to be a forced babysat, you know, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, fair enough. Six jokes later. Like I, I get it. I mean, it fine. They did it, whatever it got us there, but I feel like there could have been some more elegant ways to do it. Um, but yeah, like I just, I'm getting a lot of character development from Bucky Barnes and I'm getting a lot of dancing from Sam Wilson. Like I'm just, mm -hmm. well, it's like you said, it's, it's like you talked about, um, Anthony Mackie in his interviews. Like he, the character of Sam Wilson is doing that. He talks an awful lot. doesn't say much. Um, right. A couple of poignant times he does, obviously, uh, when he talks about the shield, when he talks about giving it up, when he talks about why, when he is confronted with, oh gosh, it's Isaiah something. Uh, Isaiah Bradley is his name. Uh, Carl Lumbly is the uh, the actor. And um, also fantastic actor. Great delivery. Mm -hmm. um, also from Alias back in the day. Oh, really? Nice. Yep. Obviously with, I mean, today, 
things going on socially and politically, uh, the, the, the way that Sam Wilson reacts to all that, like it, it's, you get it. Like I, they're, they're doing a really good job underneath it all, explaining to you, the audience, why Sam Wilson did not pick up the shield. And I, but I need more. Like, I want to know more about his sister, his relationship with his sister, um, their family yeah. home, the fishing boat. Like you get little nitpicks and, 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 um, grains of sand here and there, but then Sam Wilson turns into Falcon and starts flapping his jaw. And you're just like, but <laughs> we were so close to getting somewhere with this character. And now it's just <laughs> like noise and it's funny, but it just, it doesn't tell me anything. Whereas yeah. I think we get the opposite with Bucky Barnes. Cause he is the strong silent type and you get, what when he says something, you better be listening <laughs> because yeah. it's important. Um, so yeah, like there's there's a lot of stuff that that I I think they need to get to, but I, I it could be just the fact that they're giving us the Winter Soldier stuff first, and then later on, as the pot begins to boil, we're going to get a little bit more from from Sam Wilson and and the Falcon. Well, I don't want to say your friend Chad is probably wrong. I don't because I don't know either, but I'd be surprised if they sort of slow down because there's only there are only six episodes like this is um i forget where i saw it or read it but this is very much intended to be a movie shown in six parts like it was basically done as a movie in six parts whereas one division was done as a you know a show with episodes very much each episode was a self-contained package so to speak so i'm 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 actually looking forward to going back and watching the entire thing after the fact mm. because because of what I'd heard about it being like a movie. And then I feel like, I don't know, I feel like there's sometimes that it's just not jiving the way I want. Like it annoys me to pause a movie, any movie in the middle of it. Yeah. In my, I, I mm-hmm. love my family, but if people get up to go get snacks in the middle of the movie, I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and so the fact that I'm having this pause forced on me five times before I can get through the entire movie is <laughs> well. So I didn't, I didn't realize that I, I on purpose usually don't go and read too much about these ahead of time. So I mm. kind of assumed it was going to be a nine episode series. And I only assumed that because like, I don't know if they can afford Sebastian Stan and Anthony Mackie for like a 12 or 13. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I feel like the, yeah. these are, these are film movie stars and big film movie stars that are doing uh, essentially a television series. Now, I mean, splitting hairs here, but like it's, it's serial content. Um, but that actually, that makes a lot more sense because I found the pacing in episode three to be off. Like re- it mm. really did not sit well with me, but if that's the end of act one in a larger movie, right. Then that like, it's, it's no, it's no wonder it slowed down. Cause that's kind of what it's supposed to do. Right. Um, yeah. I just found it frustrating like that entire time like oh good so I get an entire episode of Sam Wilson in a ugly tuxedo um, and not the Falcon outfit doing next to nothing like I just yeah it felt like an odd grinding halt to what were two really good episodes to kick things off um, yeah. so yeah I it's uh, again I guess more plot development than it was character development again the saving grace being that you know Sharon Carter was in it um yeah but yeah like i i'm curious to see where it goes i i will agree with you i don't think chad's gonna be right if it's only six episodes i don't think it's gonna come to a grinding halt um he was talking about another show when he brought that up but he was also just hoping that it wasn't gonna happen with with this one 
and I'm not saying he's wrong as in, and isn't it doesn't happen. I just mm, yeah. No, I know, no, I know with, Chad. Chad, you're a good guy. I'm not trying. To... <laughs> no, no, no. But with six episodes, you're right. It's very unlikely. Yeah. It, they're not going to waste two of the remaining three episodes with any kind of slow content, right? Like you're going to have to have right um, something. I, I just unfortunately, I feel like Zemo is going to be in most of the rest of the series, which I don't, yeah. I don't care for. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that, um, they fold John Walker into the big bad faster than slower because. I, that will mean Zemo will just be a thing of the past. Or, I mean, this is the big cliffhanger from this week, of course, is that at the end, um, Bucky is face-to-face with um, someone from Wakanda looking for... Um, right. Looking for Bucky. Not for Bucky, for... Um, for Zemo. For Zemo, because he killed um, the king. He killed... Um, yeah, T'Chaka. T'Ch- T'Chaka's father. Um, is, no, T'Ch- is T'Chaka? Yeah, T'Chaka's T'Ch- the dad. Yeah. And then T'Ch- T'Challa? T'Challa's father, T'Challa. T'Chaka. Yeah, right. Yeah, so like he's he's wanted for that. So um it's going to be very interesting to see um where it goes from from here on in. And I like the idea where Bucky said like it's about time you showed up or I wondered why mm-hmm. it was taking you so long or something like that. So Bucky knew breaking Zemo out of prison wasn't really breaking him out of prison. <laughs> it was more like making him susceptible to be captured by the Wakandans. Exactly. But on that on that note I actually liked how he got out of prison because he didn't actually, he just, oh, yeah. he had enough forethought to see how it was going to go. He didn't actually break him out at all. All he did was throw down a note in front of a prisoner saying, you better act first because that guy's going to kill you tonight. And he knew exactly how the entire thing was going to play out. It wasn't like mm. he didn't, he didn't do anything, but he'd go, mm, I'm just going to poke that bear right there. And then I, I, I could do without Zemo as a character, but I just thought how we, you know, let's just hypothetically say, if someone passed a note to this prisoner. <laughs> yeah. And well, in the book too, right? I mean, he he got him the book. And I would imagine that it was like, you know, to me it was Bucky saying, what are you reading? And Zemo thinking, I didn't tell him I'm reading anything, right? Like th- that like that mm. kind of subtle nod there to look in the book, I thought was um, was a, a nice way. I mean, he broke him out like a super spy, right? It's like as, as one. Oh, as that's one. what happened. Okay, now I need to go back and look at that part again because there's there's yeah. some, definitely something there I didn't know. No, there, there's a the, that's where the, the security the card the security card is in the book. All right, that Zemo used to get out of prison, and I'm pretty sure that. that book would have been either sent in somehow, or I'm not sure how he got it. But it, Bucky insinuates that that he knows about the book, but in the conversation leading up to that, Zemo did not mention anything about reading anything. And and I don't even know if Bucky could see the book from where he was standing. I don't remember. Um, but it, yeah, it's it starts down that path uh, as Bucky is explaining to Sam in like that future shot where he's saying like hypothetically, let's just say. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I, I agree with you, very very well done, good cinematography, like a good way to show you know the audience yet another jailbreak because we've seen it a hundred times before. But it just it was yeah. way more interesting than than just the average average break for sure well that brings us to the end of this episode of the citadel cafe you can get more information about the show and links to some of the things that we talked about at the citadelcafe.com music for the show was composed by kevin mcleod you can email us at the citadelcafe at gmail.com or find us by name on twitter the show is also on itunes google podcasts stitcher spotify and youtube but you know what word of mouth is the easiest way to support the show it's free you can just tell your friends about it 
tell them where to find the Sizzle Cafe, tell them to come listen to it. And, uh, and Hey, if you're out there and you're feeling like supporting the show, check out patreon.com slash the sigil cafe. We have a bonus episode going out this week. We call them barista cuts. Uh, Steven and I talked a little bit, like I mentioned at the top of the show, you'll get access to that. You get access to the discord. It's a discord that I share actually with my Twitch channel, uh, and, and, uh, and my other support on Patreon. So it, it's a really fun community. I, I hope you enjoy it. Check it out at the sigil cafe on Patreon. My name is Joel Duggan. You can find everything I'm up to online, including my illustration and design portfolio at joelduggan.com. You can listen to my other show all about Minecraft at thespawnchunks.com. The snapshots keep on coming for Minecraft, so we're going to be talking about that on Monday. And of course, you can follow me at Joel Duggan on social media and twitch.tv slash Joel Duggan, where I'm playing Minecraft and Satisfactory these days. Stephen, where can people find you online? Uh, as previously mentioned, basically Stephen ESC, Stephen with a PH on most social medias platforms, and then spending most of my my time on Twitch these days, three times a week at twitch.tv slash Stephen ESC. You've been listening to the Citadel Cafe, where we are fast, easy, and cheap, but you can only pick two.